1: Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
2: Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who's nostalgic for the days when the biggest problem with our elections was hanging chads, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today, I'm really excited to talk to Senator Ron Wyden. He serves as the senior United States Senator for Oregon since 1996, and before that was in the House of Representatives where I met him. Uh, starting in 1981. Recently, he's been focused on a lot of tech issues, including election security, consumer privacy, and the repeal of net neutrality. Senator Wyden, welcome to Rico Decode.
3: Good to be with you. So we
2: met a long, long time ago in the AOL days, I, in the, I, early, in the I, 90s, if I, you
3: recall. I, I remember it. And you know what's striking about it? You know, it, back then, those early ISPs, for example, I was a big defender of those yes, early I, ISPs because yeah. they unit, were they yeah. were the people that we really connected the little guy to the Internet. Right, right. Now, as has been the case with so much of the field, right. it's dominated by the big guys. Absolutely. The big, the big cable As they were wont to guys. become.
2: before they uh. were wont to become. So let's talk about those early days. The reason I recall you so well is because there was um, the Communications Decency Act. There was all kinds of things that you were involved in. You were in the few... Congress people that understood tech or had so, at least some. The more like, you
3: learn, the less you know. No, that's, that's not my true. Principle. That's not true.
2: That's not true. But what got you interested in in tech? Because you were one of the few, and there were there were oh, Marky, I guess. I'm trying to think of who was around that was particularly. The way
3: I, it happened, mm-hmm. Kara, is I was Oregon's first new United States senator mm-hmm. in more than thirty years, right, and.
2: But you were a congressman before
3: that. I was a congressman. But I had a Portland metro area, but mm-hmm. then I represented the whole state. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, I am going to fight like crazy mm-hmm. to f- promote forestry. That's what I was speaking about on the floor. Right. And I also said, we've got to get into some new things. Right. And I found, for example, when I got to the Senate, the only person who really knew how to use a computer was Pat Leahy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is a natural for us in... A, small state in the West in between California and, and and Washington, we can really excel in a whole host of areas in, in technology. And what and you I had found, intel. That's we, we did. And what I found do? was a lot of things people were looking at doing either called for using brick-and-mortar kind of approaches for this whole new digital space or were presenting a cure Worse than the problem, mm-hmm. and for example, the way we got uh, into Section Two Hundred and Thirty, which I think now is the foundation mm-hmm. of internet, you know, jurisprudence, is people said, "Hey, uh, these websites and blogs, people are going to get held personally liable for something mm-hmm. posted on the site." And right. I said, like "I don't know. Well, I, well, I don't know everything about it, but I said nobody's going to invest in social media." Mm-hmm. So we came up with an approach, to Section Two Hundred and Thirty, that was about creating a shield Mm -hmm. so as to not have these early on, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, clobbered by frivolous Mm -hmm. stuff, but also a sword to deal with irresponsible Mm -hmm. conduct and Mm we can stop there because part of the reason the companies are in so much trouble is they haven't been using the sort.
2: Right, exactly. So we'll get to that in a minute. So you started to do that and you started to work on all kinds of different internet things. When you look back on so the involvement of political figures, I think it was very helpful in the early days. Between you, all the others were really supportive of this industry and very much uh, brought the United States to the forefront in in owning innovation really across the globe for a very long time now.
3: Yeah, I mean, the early days of, of the net... Were so exciting because the feeling was what this is all about is creating policies that help consumers and encourage innovation. And I mentioned how the ISPs now are very different. There are people trying to derail net neutrality mm-hmm. and trying to sell off people's browsing history, all, mm-hmm. all this kind of thing. And the same is true of the tech companies. You know, back then there was a lot of innovation. Of course, mm-hmm. there still is. But big tech today seems primarily about clicks, mm-hmm. monopolies, mm-hmm. and then monetizing at all costs. Right. And I think that's why they're in a lot of trouble.
2: They're in a lot of trouble. But back then, it, it, the, the government—what I'm trying to give you credit is the government was very critical to getting them to where they are by giving them protections under the law, by investing, by turning over the Internet itself uh, to these commercial interests.
3: Well, we were operating under the assumption that it made sense— mm-hmm to promote rights and responsibilities. The rights were the shield and, like, uh, and the responsibilities were, you know, were the sword. Right. And what the companies have done, whether it's 2016 right. or um, Alex Jones, shows that they really haven't dealt much dealt with the much. responsibilities. Right. And let me just lay out where I All am right. on Alex let's, Jones.
2: Right. Okay. Let's, let's start. Let's start first. So let's start with the broader picture is that these companies, they grew enormous through help, all kinds of help and their own innovation. And then when they get there, they don't want to take the risk. You know, that's been my drama I've been beating on, the responsibilities that they have. Um, let's start with each of the, the things. Let's start first, though, before before we get to Alex Jones, can we get to um, the Cambridge Analytic and election security first, if
3: you don't yeah, mind? Yeah, I mean, this yeah. this really drove home <laughs> what the consequences are of a private company, Facebook, not being responsible. You know, Mm -hmm. people had their rights violated. I mean, we continue to find out how uh, users are being harmed as a result of all the things that have come out Mm -hmm. post-Cambridge Analytica, but also it is a huge issue as it relates to election security. I have Mm -hmm. a major piece of legislation now, PAVE, would require paper ballots and uh, risk limiting, you know, audits. But if you have a Cambridge Analytica, it's really bad for national security because people can take all that information right. and use it to try to target constituencies.
2: Do you think it's because these internet companies weren't regulated that they that they that you all should have anticipated that this was the possibility, or that you're now sort of cleaning up afterwards?
3: My my sense is that in those kind of early days and and we all remembered the excitement of it mm-hmm. network companies were doing important work in healthcare and education mm-hmm. and finding jobs mm-hmm. people were essentially asleep at the switch as mm-hmm. it related to the relationship between the sword and the shield right. what i tell the companies now and by the way you know the companies don't come around mm-hmm. Very much to people like me mm-hmm. anymore. In the right. beginning, they always did. Right. But right now, they're saying, hey, Ron's really going to take us on. And I told right. him point blank, I said, guys, if you don't use the sword, mm-hmm. you are going to lose the shield.
2: Right. Okay. So with election security, what is happening now in Congress? And what is the possibility that anything's going to actually pass?
3: Well, what I'm doing is I'm pulling out all the stops. Mm-hmm taken on these voting machine companies that mm-hmm. have behaved incredibly irresponsibly. And they're responsible for essentially teeing up the votes for at least 40 million people and perhaps uh, more. And to give you an idea, because you're a Times um, mm-hmm. uh, contributor, how irresponsible they, they are, the major voting machine company, ES&S, lied to The New York Times mm-hmm. about a crucial question we had begun picking up reports that they had installed remote access software mm-hmm. in their products. So they could
2: deal with it, right. And
3: what I said is that is about the most irresponsible thing you can do in cybersecurity. The only thing you would actually be worse is, create, is leaving the ballot boxes mm-hmm. on the street corner Open. in Moscow. Mm-hmm. They lied to the New York Times about Them doing it. They said they hadn't. Then they had to admit uh, they uh, did. And the voting machine companies have basically been above the law. If I had my way Mm -hmm. and I don't have the power now in the Senate, we'd subpoena them. Mm -hmm. And we'd put them under oath to talk about what what they're doing because I think that this is really undermining our democracy. So Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do in the next few weeks are going to be crucial because the Senate Rules Committee is working on a bill is— Uh, passed something called the PAVE Act. And basically just two things require uh, the availability of paper uh, ballots and require that we have audits at the end of the election.
2: At the end of the election. And what about about the the money that's been allocated to work on this? Now, it hasn't been spent. There's not been a priority. And then I want to get into what the company should be doing and what you think they're doing.
3: The money is one of the best ways Mm -hmm. in which the federal government, with the framework we now have, the legal framework Mm -hmm. for conducting elections, can actually generate reform. As you know, the Founding Fathers envisioned that elections would be primarily local in nature. So what everybody's going to say is, what's the federal nexus? So the pot of money, and my hope is that this will be a principle going forward, should be hey, states, you don't have to take any of this money if you don't want to. But if you do, we are going to require that we do more. And a lot of these machines, I guess, they're just going to scan a scan. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not going to let people really see Mm -hmm. that their vote is what they intended. Their vote is their vote. Thank you.
2: And then, what is the responsibility of the social media companies? What kind of pressure can you put on them? Because essentially, these were not hacked. This is, you're talking with machines. You're talking about the possibility of hacking. In this case, they were these platforms are used for exactly the way they were built. They weren't particularly hacked.
3: Yeah, the social media, you know, companies basically got outed in 2016, mm-hmm. and since then, practically every single thing they've done has been. Uh, either a bizarre idea or not really doing much of anything so, so that's actu- that. actually gonna gonna help people i mean first of all there is in this dark period some things we can mm-hmm. um... look to i'm trying to follow the uh, opportunities for downranking because mm-hmm. i think that might you know create mm-hmm. uh, a light at the end of the the tunnel but unless these guys are going to be serious mm-hmm. About using the part of 230 mm-hmm. to get after right. people who behave, you know, ir- irresponsibly, irresponsibly, then I think they are looking at uh, some changes there in so the line.
2: What, what, such as? Pardon me. Such as, it's like what changes? Oh,
3: well, well. Mark Warner lays out uh, mm-hmm. his plan, and that is really sweeping kind of stuff. I mean, you know, I'm a libertarian. Mm-hmm. Or somebody, excuse me, I'm somebody with a libertarian streak.
2: Okay, all right. all right.
3: And uh, And I'm a First Amendment, you know, fan. Mm-hmm. But I'm really concerned about some of these things that look like they might be prior restraint and mm-hmm. the like. What I want to see is I want to see the companies step up. And that's why... I mentioned Alex Jones. Right, okay, all right. We're
2: going to get Alex Jones in the next section.
3: Well, it's apropos of this as it relates to elections, is Alex Jones Mm -hmm. and election tampering is really what Section 230 Mm -hmm. is all about. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just kind of walk through the Alex Jones and and the election kind of issue. I mentioned I got this libertarian streak, First Amendment, you know, defender. But when you have somebody who calls the parents of murdered kids liars mm-hmm. and then claims that their kids don't exist, then you have blown past right. the bounds of common decency and platforms need to take the slime down. Mm-hmm. The same is true in terms of the
2: All right. So when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more with uh, Senator Ron Wyden about what that means, because I think there's a big debate about whether they're private, they're public, whether they're government, whether they should take it down. Obviously, Twitter has a different point of view. When we get back, we'll talk about all that and more with Senator Ron Wyden.
0: Hi, we're visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts?
1: We're here with Senator Ron
2: Wyden. He's from Oregon, and we're talking about election tampering. We're talking about Alex Jones and all kinds of issues that politicians are going to be very much involved with going forward with tech companies. Tech companies are under scrutiny. There will be hearings soon around all kinds of issues with the heads of Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Google, they've already been on Capitol Hill. Mark Zuckerberg's been on Capitol Hill. I want to get into your assessment of how that went in a minute. But um, let's talk about the Alex Jones thing in more detail because everyone's had—initially, they were very much uh, against doing anything about it. I had a a podcast with Mark Zuckerberg where he talked about allowing this stuff to go on, and then they made a switch removing Alex Jones uh, from the platform. So did Google, so did uh, around YouTube, so did others. Uh, Twitter has held firm. Talk to me about the, the difficulties of, of dealing with stuff like that, because there's First Amendment issues, and then there's freedom from consequence of what you say, too.
3: Well, I think what the Alex Jones case shows, uh, we're going to really be looking at what the consequences are for just leaving common decency in the dust. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me, and I'll have some more to say about it, as you know, I'm working on a privacy bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the heart of it has got to be uh, citizens, you know, controlling their private uh, data. I think mm-hmm. there's got to be real transparency. There's got to be consequences for mm-hmm. misusing someone's uh, data. But this goes right to the heart of the real value of Section 230. Mm-hmm. And I guess if people want to say, you know, we ought to just have the government start dictating. And by the way, Mm -hmm. one of the most stunning aspects of Mm -hmm. the last couple of days Mm -hmm. is to see conservative politicians, people like Kevin McCarthy Mm -hmm. and Ted Cruz, Mm -hmm. they are essentially saying that the government Mm -hmm. should run private companies. The government should dictate To private companies, what they're doing—I'm sure it's very popular with their Mm -hmm. base—but doesn't happen to be the right thing. And I think there is a much better model that was bipartisan, Mm -hmm. that really relates to what I call rights and responsibilities. That was what Section Two. So, what rights
2: do you think they should have now? How do you assess their reaction to? Just let's use Alex Jones as the example. How do you assess their reactions to him and and the changing? Nature. I do think at some point Twitter is going to throw them off the platform. My guess is they're preparing that. But how what do you...
3: I've been I've been disappointed in is how long it took, and how they really are not looking at fleshing out a policy. What's hard in this area is you know tech is so dominant in our life mm-hmm. that it is sort of the ultimate in kind of ad hoc policymaking. Something Mm -hmm. goes on on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Congress folks come back with their policy on Wednesday or Thursday. The history is that's usually not very good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what leads us to SESTA and FOSTA and PIPA Mm -hmm. and SOPA and all these acronyms that were bad, you know, bad policies. Mm -hmm. And what I've said to them in the few conversations we've had, because we haven't had many, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, is what you really want to do is see if you can build around a core set of values. Yeah, I talked about values. And that's so what I was saying, is right. that I thought, I very much enjoyed your uh, article where you said, hey, it's not just about a bunch of laws. Mm-hmm. You, gotta, you can have a crate full of laws mm-hmm. if you don't get your values right. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm going to be trying to do in my legislation mm-hmm. is to really lay out What the consequences are when somebody who is a bad actor, Mm -hmm. somebody who really doesn't meet the decency principles that reflect our values, if that bad actor blows by the bounds of common decency, I think you got to have a way to make sure that stuff is taken down.
2: Mm -hmm. So— that's that. That's a hornet's nest with people like this, the idea of what they take down, who decides. There's a lot of people uncomfortable with tech companies deciding these things. Um, I think they do already by downgrading them. I think they're already doing a version of that, and they're already making decisions. Why do you think they're resistant to it? I know they're resistant to being called media companies. I think that's precisely what they are, and media companies have responsibilities. They're, monop- they're
3: monopolies. Yeah, individually odd monopolies, too, because there's they're, so many of them. They are, they are monopolies, and these people that were... Innovators at the beginning and trying to give consumers a fair a fair shake now seem to be interested in monetizing at, um, at all costs. Mm-hmm. So, by it. the way, you know, if we were talking about really horrible pornography, mm-hmm. I think they would have moved pretty quickly. Right, right. You know, to deal with it. And I think it's also worth noting that with respect to Alex Jones, there are probably a thousand accounts out there that are as bad as Alex Jones.
2: Right, right, absolutely. So what do they do? Because they're sort of – because they aren't public – entities, like the government is restricted from what it can do around the First Amendment, but these are private companies and they, you know, they're public companies, but they're, they're companies. What has happened here? Because I think, I, I mean, I asked Mark Zuckerberg this, I, I call them a nation state. He's like, no, we're just a company. And I'm like, mm, but you kind of operate like a nation state. How do you then manage that from a government point of view when these companies have such enormous power... Um, and you don't really want them to be making these decisions. At the same time, you want them to be responsibly monitoring
3: their platform. We wrote the rules of the road. You right. were talking about the 19, you know, right. '90s when right. ISPs were small. Right. And I think most of that body of Internet jurisprudence makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what we said on, on taxes, there are 10,000 taxing jurisdictions. We don't want every um, small taxing jurisdiction to take a bite out of a mm-hmm. uh, new entrepreneurs, we basically said you couldn't uh, uh, discriminate. We've talked about Section 230, digital signatures. Um, nobody had ever heard of them, and now you race through a, a mm-hmm. real estate contract mm-hmm. um, with digital uh, signatures. I think most of that body of law made sense. And let me give you an example. And I, okay. Actually, I was coming over here juggling mm-hmm. all the subjects, and I say here's one I think Carol would be interested in. You know, Backpage, mm-hmm. which was really yes. the celebrated example mm-hmm. of something people didn't like, and there right. were Congress hearings, mm-hmm. Rob Portman, you know, everybody. Yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, somebody who spent a lot of time legislating against um, the abhorrent, you know, sex traffickers. You know how um, Backpage was essentially busted? Mm-hmm. They were busted under existing... Section 230 law. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reason we had problems is because law enforcement didn't move aggressively enough and quickly enough. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, everybody said, oh, we can't do anything about it. Let's go past this really flawed law, mm-hmm. Susta and FOSTA, which in my view is going to take the worst Explain guys. Explain that for
2: people who don't yeah, know. Yeah.
3: This is basically the law that in effect lifts Section 230 and allows for the prosecution of, you know, sex um, traffickers. And I think what it's going to do Mm -hmm. is drive the really bad guys Mm -hmm. to the dark web. Mm -hmm. And these are places where you can't get to, you know, with a a search engine. And I keep telling people, everybody interviewed me about Backpage, Backpage. And I said, hey, you might want to take a look here because before you pass, this really flawed bill, which has ex post facto provisions and all mm-hmm. kinds of, mm-hmm. of other things that uh, are troubling, take a look at the fact that the one thing out of this debate that was really beneficial is we got federal law enforcement to get going, get serious, and they busted a mm-hmm. uh, back page while Section 230 was still the law of the land. In other right. words, SESTA and... Um, and FOSTA didn't do it. It was existing 230 law. Right. All right. So and by the way, mm-hmm. when we had SESTA and FOSTA on the floor, mm-hmm. I offered an amendment mm-hmm. that said the focus ought to be to get more prosecutors and mm-hmm. some of the people who hollered the most. Mm-hmm. On the Republican side, about how terrible you know this was, they wouldn't vote mm-hmm. to deal with what the heart of the problem is, and that is in been Take inadequate laws. federal law enforcement,
2: right enforcement. So, where do you uh, with the companies coming to Congress? The last uh, Mark Zuckerberg hearing was not the most illuminating, I think. I don't know what what were your thoughts on that.
3: I think that's that's right. I'm not going to. I'm being kind. Yeah, I'm 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 not going to I'm not going to criticize my colleagues, and and you know the point is. These are really technical, detailed, you know, issues. I brought some examples, you know, today in terms of, you know, cybersecurity. I (laughs) mean— The government is just basically comatose mm-hmm. in terms of cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. So what we did, you know, in our office is mm-hmm. basically said we're going to push the Pentagon and the NSA to encrypt their unclassified emails. They finally did that starting this month. Let me tell you something. Foreign governments can really weaponize mm-hmm. unclassified information. We went after location smart. We went after securities. These are shady companies buying people's uh, data. Stingrays, SS 7s, uh, my website was the first uh, to be encrypted. And I think it is a continual battle to try to take issues like these, which are very technical, probably aren't known to lots of members of Congress, and say, hey, guys, this is why we really need some major cybersecurity reforms. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Trump people it, from a personnel standpoint, mm-hmm. they've unilaterally disarmed. They got mm-hmm. rid of their cyber you know security you know mm-hmm. expert. And uh, the past legislation a couple of years ago, I was down on the floor talking about of the uh, the cyber security mm-hmm. bill. All that was was a big bailout for the companies. Mm-hmm. gave them a big right. handout so that they you know didn't have any any liability. And then then you have a captured FCC where uh, Agent Pai lied to Brian Schatz and I. He basically lied about the lie. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you fight on a variety of these um, fronts and look for, you know, opportunities. But, 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 but is Congress
2: big... equipped to do that? Because, you know, you're saying if they're comatose on all these different issues from net neutrality. I thought between... I said
3: the agencies. Agencies. Yeah, but, the...
2: but also Congress, when these hearings, there's new hearings coming up with Facebook, Google, and uh, Twitter. Um are they going to be any better or are these just show trials essentially that lead, that lead to nothing?
3: Well, I I think they're important hearings. I I personally think that the intelligence committee has missed the single most important issue which is the follow the money mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. because what we're supposed to be all about is um, counterintelligence and um following the money is counterintelligence, you know, 101 because mm-hmm. you want to compromise somebody you do it, you know, yeah. through through money, but uh, I do hope that at this hearing we particularly will be able to get at the election, you know, security, you know, questions because I am very concerned about where things are for both 2018 and and, 2020. and 2020. I think the voting machine people are still in the driver's, mm-hmm. you know, driver's seat. You know, they. Have a coalition with the secretaries of State. I, I admire the Secretary of State. They got a, you know, got a hard job, <laughs> but I mean, every time we try to say let's cut to the heart of what's with needed, the technology problem. Yeah, to make it possible to have a safer election, which are paper ballots <laughs> and real audits. Oh, my goodness. Way too complicated, too much expense.
2: All right. We're here with Senator Ron Wyden from Oregon. We're talking about all kinds of issues that are going around Washington uh, related to technology companies. We haven't seen their best days recently here in D.C. When we get back, we're going to finish up talking about where things are going and what legislation he expects to pass, especially if the Democrats take over. We're here with Senator Ron Wyden. We're talking about all kinds of issues around politics and tech. Uh, Senator Wyden, if the Democrats do take over the House, what do you imagine will happen besides a million subpoenas going on?
3: Let let me me tell you what I'm working on. I want to make it clear in the new privacy bill that I'm working on is if you are misusing consumer data and harvesting people's information wrongly, I want to come after you. Right. And I want real transparency on how people's data is being used, and I want consequences if a company uh, loses or abuses somebody's data. And Mm -hmm. one part I was thinking about mentioning with you, you know, data breaches are not just about losing a bunch of um, uh, business records. You put people's whole lives into the hands of criminals and spies and— And, and scanners, and then it's also a national security issue, which is what we were talking so about. So what do you
2: expect? Are Democrats—you uh, know, it seems to me that Democrats used to be so close with the tech companies. Now they aren't so much. There's there's much more—I think tech companies are more worried about Democrats than Republicans, for sure, although they're certainly worried about Republicans in different ways in terms of them complaining they don't get enough access, essentially.
3: Well, if, if, if the Republicans—we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. But if the Republicans— pick up this stunning argument Mm -hmm. that we've been talking about, that Mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy and -hmm. and Ted Cruz, uh, that the government should take uh, control of private companies and dictate how they operate. I'm telling you, that will be a real opportunity for Democrats like myself who believe in the First Amendment, who have a libertarian streak, Mm -hmm. to show this will just be a disaster for Mm -hmm. America.
2: For America, if they don't get to. Of course, their complaint is that they don't get to speak. There are generalized complaint of conservatives that they've been shadow banned, they've all kinds of allegations of not being able to have their... Well, seat.
3: you've pointed out in your own articles, mm-hmm. they come up with these kind of new yeah. terms to get everybody, all, you know, get everybody all, all, all scared. I think they did pretty well in the last election. Yeah,
2: and they also never seem to shut up. Um, I don't think anyone seems to shut up on the Internet, whatever party you happen to be in. Um, so you, but you don't think there'll be more onerous regulations or regulations well, at all? When you look at Europe, for example, they're quite far down the road compared to this country. We've
3: got to pass a privacy, privacy bill... bill that ensures that people get to control their uh, own data they get real transparency their consequences mm-hmm. i want to get i want paper ballots and audits for the <laughs> 2020 election mm-hmm. look at what we've seen in the last couple of days i said a month ago mm-hmm. month or 6 weeks ago that donald trump seemed to be on his way to creating an enemies list in mm-hmm. terms of national security advisors. And I say that to your listeners. I disagreed with John Brennan on lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was the one who took took him on mm-hmm. when he spied on the intelligence you know, committee's files. But I think this idea that they're moving to put together some kind mm-hmm. of list is really— it's not just Richard Nixon, but it's going to compromise national security.
2: All right. And then, so what else might be passed?
3: Well, I want election security. Right. Privacy
2: bill, election security.
3: Uh— and I want to make sure that as we work through the 230 issues, mm-hmm. we don't walk away from something that I think has been of great benefit to this country. My wife the other day mm-hmm. said, I read, dear, that um, you created a trillion dollars worth of value in the private economy. She owns the strand bookstore. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, well, I've never seen any of it. <laughs> I said, if you did— yeah. uh, it just goes to show a blind squirrel is going to find, you know, an acorn. Mm-hmm. I think we got a lot of good done in this. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell the companies you better start using this sword mm-hmm. because if you don't, everybody we're going to stick
2: it to you. It's yeah, ev-
3: everybody's going to say right. you had it, you had it good for a while, and you're going to have to do more. And I want to close. So we've got right. a fourth point. All right. I want to get right. This question of what happens in an Alex Jones case, and it's something I'm working on. Right. And I'm going to put in my bill to define what happens if you go beyond the boundaries right. of what I call our shared value right. of basic decency.
2: All right, which is hard to define. Last question. I know you have to go. Your, your aides are going crazy outside. Um, what would you do if you had Alex Jones on your platform, if you were running? Down. Down
3: down for the okay. reasons I'm talking about. Right. He violates the core principles of basic decency that I'm going to in a very complicated, mm-hmm. you know, area, very difficult area. And that's why I listed all those cybersecurity yeah. things. And people were laughing. He said, right. Ron Wyden told us how to swipe right, mm-hmm. um, you know, on Tinder. Right. And he was protecting people's privacy. I said, well, the point is, those are all small techie things right but hopefully they'll light a fire and get people more serious and down
2: says ron wyden right down all right senator wyden thank you it was great talking to you thanks for coming on so we will there's a lot to talk about if you enjoyed the interview as much as i did be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on apple Podcasts. you can also find more episodes of recode decode on spotify google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts if you didn't like this interview well i don't care and if you just want to say hi tweet at me i'm kara swisher on twitter what is yours what is yours
3: Um, Well, just run run Wyden at wyden.senate.gov.
2: Okay, great. And Twitter?
3: We've got different.
2: Different ones. All right, well, fine. Now that you're done with this, go and check out the latest episode of Recode Media. You can find that show wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Saturday. Tune in then.